Amen. How are we doing? It's America's birthday today, right? Y'all excited? Fourth of July? You guys are, you'll notice my southern accent. Oh, sorry there, dear. Well, this is a good start, a good start to our message. You guys are jealous of my fanny pack, aren't you? This is in, again. Kids are wearing these. They wear them like over their shoulder, though. I don't know. I couldn't pull it off. I'm going to take this off, though, because y'all aren't going to pay attention to me if I'm wearing that. So you guys got big plans for today? What? Going to the lake after this? Anybody? No? No? You Tough crowd today. <laughs> tough picnic? All right. Awesome. Well, welcome. Welcome. I'm switching. All right. Well, hey, for those of you who don't know us, uh, my name is Steve. This is my wife. We are the youth pastors here at Homestead Church. Yes, we get to work with all the teenagers. Super fun. They're way cooler than adults, y'all. So much cooler. We love teenagers. Uh, so as you can see, Pastors Jeff and Christy are not here. They uh, got away for the weekend. They're at a cabin, so they're hopefully enjoying the lake or something. Um, so we've been in a series on the book of Exodus. We're going to take a break from that today, though. And we're going to talk about something uh, that I think we all maybe struggle with a little bit. And that is the way that we speak. Taming our tongues. Does anyone here ever say anything that they shouldn't? A couple of us. Yeah, anyone? Okay, perfect. Yeah, so what we want you to get today is that the things that we say matter. The way that we speak to our friends, to our spouses, to our kids, it matters. You see, God gave us this tongue to be able to speak things that are good and that are holy and that are righteous. But usually kind of our default is to fall into things that are not holy. And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how we often speak out of negativity, how we speak out of judgment, how we speak out of anger, when God really has called us to speak out of praise, worship, thanksgiving. He's, he's called us to build each other up, encourage each other. And also in the book of James, we see it says to be slow to speak, to choose our words wisely. And so today... Is going to be kind of a self-assessment. So as we talk this through, as we're reading scripture, as we're talking about these different things that we may or may not struggle with, I want to ask you guys to look in the mirror, to ask yourself if maybe you are struggling with some of these things. Because then once we know where we are in our faith or with our speech, as we're talking about today, then we have a place to start. Then we can start to take a step in the right direction towards righteousness, towards coming back to where God has called us to be. So I'm going to go ahead and open us in prayer, and then Brooke is going to kick it off here. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for giving us your word. God, I just pray today that already your Holy Spirit is opening up our hearts, opening up our ears and our minds to what you have for us today. God, help us um, to kind of look inside of ourselves today and show us the areas that we need to improve in our life, the areas that we need to change. And God, we know that we can only do that with your help. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to James chapter 3, uh, 2 verse 10. And while you're doing that, I, um, as we were talking about what we were going to speak about, I just felt, I have been feeling very convicted about my words and how um, I interact with my kids and how I interact with people around me and my spouse. And so we just felt like everyone can relate to this. Everyone struggles with the, the way their tone of their voice comes out, with the words that they speak. And so we just felt like today would be a good day just to do a little self-assessment, like Stephen said, and just check in. How are we doing at this? And so um, that's what today is. Uh, so James chapter 3, 2 verse 10 says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. 
four, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. So a little like side note there. I think it was last summer that um, we saw this actually happen, a little spark cause a whole forest fire. Anyone remember the gender reveal that caused like a 23-day forest fire in California? Anybody? Yes. So basically our tongues have that capability, which is really encouraging. <laughs> um, continuing on, verse 6. It says, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the very image of God. Whenever I read that verse, for me, I'm like, oof. Man, that is convicting, because isn't that the truth? We are so quick to judge people, to condemn people, yet probably not even a moment later, we are offering up praises to God with the very same mouth. Verse 10 says, And so blessings and cursings uh, come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. So that's a lot of text, right? Um, and I don't know about you, but again, that's something that I can relate to, right? I think we all can. No matter what stage of life you are in, no matter how old you are, I think you can all relate to maybe saying something that you shouldn't have. Um, again, our tongue is such a small thing, yet it holds huge magnitude. Like, it, the damage that it can cause is big. So when we speak evil, this verse is telling us that that is actually fire from hell, just like verse 6 says. And I did a little bit more studying on that, and I was looking at different translations, and um, I'm kind of a little bit of a nerd. Like, if I don't understand something in the Bible, I really try and dig into it. And so I would encourage you, if there's something that you don't understand the Bible, dig into it, because I feel like that's how we grow in our faith and our understanding of the Word of God. And so um, as I was reading other translations, verse 6 had said um, that the uh, tongue was set on fire by Gehenna itself instead of hell itself. And I thought, well, what is Gehenna? So I did a little study on what that is, and it's actually a small valley in Jerusalem uh, where the burning of infant sacrifices took place to a uh, Canaanite god. So it was a very evil, very wicked place. Um, this infant sacrifice later thankfully stopped, but it ended up being kind of like the garbage dump of Jerusalem. So it was a place where you would bring your rubbish, where you would bring your dead animals, where you would bring dead bodies that were not buried, and you would burn them there. So it was very disgusting, very evil, very um, stinky, <laughs> immoral place. And sometimes when we read the Bible, we see this word interchangeably, hell, or Gehenna, and that's because this was a physical place that they could see that this is what hell would be like. Disgusting. And this is what James is saying our tongue is fueled by. So for me, that was incredibly eye-opening and convicting that we have that 
evil, wicked power inside of our bodies to say things that we shouldn't. And so um, that was just, that's my little like nerdy moment right there. But um, we, today we're going to start off really by looking at how we actually do use our words most often versus how biblically we should be using our words. So Stephen's going to take it away now. Yes, yeah, so we want to look at like what our default is. Like what do we fall into easily? Like what is the most common things that we do when we speak? And if we're honest about it, if we like examine the way that we speak in our own lives, it's usually out of negativity, judgment, and anger. And those are just a few of them. Um, I remember being a kid, I would hear this all the time from you know parents or teachers. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Y'all, that is so dumb. That's not biblical at all. When we teach our kids that, we're teaching our kids that, that their words can't hurt people. That's just not true. It's not biblical. And as followers of Christ, we need to understand that the words that we speak, they're going to either bring life or they're going to bring death. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So what's that saying? Our words matter. The way that we speak to our spouses matters. The way that we speak to our children, to our friends, it matters. The way that we interact with people in our world and in our communities, it matters. How often do we actually stop and think, is what I'm about to say going to bring life or death to this conversation, this you know, person, this relationship, this situation? Honestly, if we think about it, how often do we do that? And so the first one we want to talk about is this. It's negativity. Did you know that negativity is the most common thing in language in the world? It's the most common thing that we talk about. Every conversation almost that we have has some kind of negativity in it. It dominates our speech. Why is that? It's because it's really easy. It's really easy to complain. It's something to talk about. Think about small talk here in Minnesota. What do we talk about? The weather's terrible. Our sports teams suck. We're busy at work. Our kids are too expensive. We don't have time for vacation, right? And that's like how we introduce ourselves to people that we don't know. How sad is that? You know what it is? It's lazy. It's really lazy because it's so easy to just complain about things and get each other going, right? But the thing is, that sets the tone for our life. If that becomes the default, complaining, negativity, that is the people that we become. We become negative people. And so we can never forget that our, our words are powerful, that you're choosing either life or death with the words that you say. So we said we wanted to do kind of a self-assessment today. So maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe I struggle with being negative. And so maybe if that's you, these are some of the things that you might, you might do. You use the words like never and always a lot. So you say, well, I never get to do that. Or this always happens to me. Uh, maybe you use the word but often. Like someone will say, oh, how was your vacation? Oh, it was good, but the weather wasn't that great. You know, there's like, it was good, but... You know, you put a negative spin on things. Your words are often pessimistic or, or worrisome. Or uh, maybe you try to control or tell others what to do. And so maybe when you're sitting here thinking, you're kind of, okay, you know, maybe I do some of those things. Again, this is a self-assessment to say, okay, where am I today? Then you can know the steps that you need to take to get back to where God has called you to be. So the second 
thing that we're going to look at today is judging others. That's another thing that we common do with um, our words or our tongues. And so we know biblically we are not supposed to judge people. That is scriptural. Judge not or you will be judged. But if I'm being honest, this is probably one that I struggle with the most. Um, Especially early on, I feel like in our marriage, when you have kids, um, I feel like you're kind of in this, well, I'm definitely not going to do what they do. I'm definitely not going to parent like that. Or I really don't want to end up with a marriage like that. And so um, I feel like that is something that I have struggled with quite a bit. Um, But we are so quick to judge other people's beliefs other people's political affiliations, people's actions, people's marriages, or people's decisions and parenting styles without even considering or thinking about what the actual person is like on the inside. Uh, For instance, you're at the store and you see a child throwing a temper tantrum. Automatically, what do we think? Well, that child is a brat. (laughs) And those parents do not know how to parent, right? Have we all been there? Yes. Um, Another example of this might be you drive past a really nice neighborhood or you see somebody with a beautiful car or a brand new boat and you think, well, sure, it must be nice to be rich. Well, you don't even take a second to think about, well, maybe they worked really hard to get there. We're just so quick to judge other people based off what we see on the outside. When we judge other people, it makes us feel superior, right? Ultimately, I think it comes from an insecurity. It's saying they're right and I'm wrong. And this could be anything. They're right, they're they're wrong about their parenting style and I am right. They are wrong about their political affiliation and I am right. You could think, well, I'm better than them because you fill in the blank. If and then the most dangerous one I think is, well, if they were only more like me, right? they were only more like me, they wouldn't have these problems, or they would be better off, or their kids would behave better if they just disciplined the way I discipline. That's a dangerous trap to be in. And when we judge other people, it reveals that we are insecure in our faults. And as we're trying to reveal other people's faults, it shows that we are intimidated or threatened by someone or somebody's ability. We aren't quite secure enough in who God has called us to be or in the purpose that God has has given us. So here's a little self-assessment for you if you think this might be something that you struggle with. Um, The first one would be you make frequent moral evaluations of people. Now this is a dangerous one, especially as Christians. I think we look at people who are not Christians and say, well, they shouldn't be living like that. They should clean themselves up. Like, and we hold them to the standard that God had, has called us to. We cannot do that. That is a dangerous thing to do. The second thing you might do is you feel the need to share the truth, your truth with everyone about why you are right and they are wrong. You might have an unrealistic or unattainable expectations of people and then when they don't meet those expectations that you have, you are quick to criticize or come to conclusions about them. So that's the second very common way that we use our words. Yes, and then the uh, last one that we want to talk about is anger. Anyone ever get angry? Yeah, with your kids, right? (laughs) That's usually what it is for me. Typically, 
anger is caused by some sort of pain in our life, like we had something really hard happen, or we have a fear in some area of our life, or maybe it was like a miscommunication in a relationship and it caused anger within us. Uh, but I think what we need to remember is that anger is an emotion that doesn't just affect us. Because we think, well, I'm angry about this situation. Well, guess what? When you're angry, your kids feel that. When you're angry, your spouse feels that. Even if you just try to keep the anger for yourself, it will always end up being directed at someone. It will always be directed at someone. And so when we're talking about anger here, we're not talking about like a righteous anger. Like there are things in the world that make me angry in a righteous way, in a godly way. Okay, things that happen in the world, right? We're talking about angry words, speaking out of anger, speaking in unbeneficial ways. And so when we speak out in anger, uh, usually it's because we like need, uh, like we have a feeling that we need dominance over the situation, that we want to control the situation. So I want you to think about, uh, you're going through the drive through at McDonald's. Anyone ever had a bad experience at McDonald's before? <laughs> Just me? Just me? Okay. Or pick your favorite restaurant. I don't have to pick on McDonald's, whatever. But imagine you're going through the drive-thru and you have a bad experience. Now, you verbally insult the person at the drive-thru. When you do that, uh, you're trying to remove value from who they are. We wouldn't admit that, but that's really what we're trying to do. And so what we do is you've taken their lack of skill set for their job, which maybe they really did do a really bad job, right? But you're taking their lack of skill set for their job, and you've turned it into a lack of value as a human being. And that's really messed up. And we do that a lot, right? And so this is something that we need to work on, especially as followers of Christ. We need to see people even if they're doing something that we don't agree with, even if they're not good at their job, we need to see people the way that God sees people, as his children, amen, right? Like that is how we need to look at people. And so again, uh, self-assessment, is this something that we struggle with? Maybe we always interrupt people. Like we always have to be the one talking. We always have to have the last word. Um, this next one, I may have done with my kids before. You often scream, yell, or lose your temper. Don't tell me you don't, you've never lost your temper with your kids, or you just have one kid, and that doesn't count as parents, <laughs> that doesn't count as kids. Yes, so you lose your temper, you know, or maybe you like often will wake up in the morning, you're like, oh man, I can't believe I said that last night. I can't believe I, you know, scolded my kid like that, or I can't believe I did this in that relationship. You regret the words that you have said. Or even maybe like when you're talking to someone and you disagree with them, or you can feel the anger rising up in you as you try to think of the next thing to, you know, combat their argument with. You can feel the warmth of the anger riding up your neck and into your face. And so maybe if, you, if you've noticed some of those things, today you say, yeah, maybe anger is something that I'm struggling with. Maybe this is something that I need to work on in my relationship with God. So if we look back at these three things, anger, judgment, negativity, this is just you know, some of the speech that we tend to use. These things do not bring life. They do not bring life. And so what do we do about these three common ways that we use our tongues? Well, we saw in James 3.8, it says that it is impossible to tame the tongue. So we're done, folks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, what, what, what we learn from that is that we'll never be perfect at this. Like, we'll never get this perfect. We're always going to fall short. But we still want to strive for holiness. We still want to strive for righteousness. And that's why we do this today, where we take a look and say, okay, where am I at with this? Because then we will figure out where we need to go. 
Uh, so that's the first thing. Second thing we should do is always be quick to apologize and admit when you are wrong. We need to be humble with this. We can't be prideful in this area. When we fall short, we need to apologize and admit when we're wrong. With our kids, this is something we do because, like I said, sometimes I lose my temper. Sometimes I say things that I shouldn't have said. And so we sometimes need to circle back after the event and say, okay, what you did was wrong, young child, but also what dad and mom, the way we reacted was wrong as well. Like we have to choose our words wisely, and when we don't, we need to circle back and talk about it. And when we, when we do that with the kids, one of my favorite, I can't remember which pastor I heard this from, but one of my favorite things that I heard a pastor say was, I get down on my kid's level, and I say, what I said was wrong, and I am a sinner and need Jesus just as much as you do, so do you forgive me? And after you say you forgive me, I'm going to go and ask Jesus for his forgiveness too. And I just think that's a beautiful way to model and remind our kids we're not perfect. We need Jesus' help. We need his forgiveness just as much, if not more sometimes, than our own kids. Right. Yeah, it, it works out as a great teaching moment as well. And then lastly, um, we want to focus on how we should be using our tongue. So like biblically speaking, what has God called us to do? So that's what we're going to talk about the rest of the time today. So first we're going to look at praise and thanksgiving. So the fact that you are sitting in this very room, in your seat right now, is evidence that God has done something in your life, that he has been faithful to you, that he has not left you, that he is for you and not against you, right? Even when life is hard, even when the storms come, the fact that we are in this very spot, God is good, right? And so we forget so often the things that God has brought us through and solely focused on the things that he has yet to do in our lives. So we need to retrain our brains a little bit. So how do we combat that? We need to retrain our brains. So there's a reason in elementary school why elementary school teachers will say to the students, I know what you just said about so-and-so, that was really rude, that was hurtful, so now I need you to think of three positive things about that person that you like. What does that do? It retrains their brain to think positively. We're not gonna like everybody. We're not gonna like everything about everybody, but surely you can think of three things that you like about this person, right? In the same way, we need to retrain our brains to be thankful and to praise the Lord. Praising the Lord is actually a command in the Bible, and it is uh, commanded approximately 250 times. Being thankful is also something that is asked of us, and that comes up 71 times in the New Testament alone. Now, my favorite thing about this is when we offer praise and thanksgiving to God, our physical bodies react in a positive way. Um, I did just tons of like Google quick little research on this, and article after article said that a thankful person um, not only was happier, but they experienced less aches and pains in their bodies. Uh, they were less stressed and could laugh more. Um, there was also an article, just brain, uh, a brain scan, um, and the brain showed that a person that spends time praising God has an increase of dopamine, which we know is that happy hormone in the brain. Um, it uh, our, we, our brains actually can rest from flight or flight mode that we so commonly operate in, that we are not supposed to operate in all the time. 
Um, there's also a decrease in blood pressure, respiratory rate, heart rate, glucose levels, and the serum response of inflammation in our bodies begins to decrease. Anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, all the symptoms and side effects of those things are also lessened during times of prayer. I think it was um, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She says that extended, I think extended time of prayer, 12 minutes of prayer for six weeks changes the brain enough to visually see positive side effects on a brain map. 12 minutes. If that's not enough to stop right now and praise and thank God for his goodness and his faithfulness, I don't know what is. I love, love, love that God commands us to do this, but who reaps the benefit? Our physical bodies do. I love that about God. So that's the first way that we should use our words is in praise and thanksgiving. The second way is to build each other up. So we're going to look at Ephesians 4, 29. And it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for, for building others up according to their needs, that may, it may benefit those who listen. And I love the Passion Translation because it says it this way. And never let any ugly or hateful words come out of your mouths, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. I want you to think for a minute. How often are your words beautiful gifts to those who receive them? Think about that with your kids, with your spouse, with the post office workers when the line's really long. I don't know. I think as Christians, we need to do a lot better and ask, ask ourselves, are my words beautiful gifts to those who receive them. So I'm going to read off a couple Bible verses. There's a ton of Bible verses on how we are supposed to build each other up, but I'm going to read off just a couple. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up. Hebrews 10.24 says, consider how to stir up one another in love. Romans 14.9, let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbringing. Romans 15:2 Each of us should please our neighbor for their good to build them up. Now notice none of those Bible verses say, well, if they believe the same as you, then you can encourage them. Or if they're all nice to you, then you should talk to them lovingly. Or if they served you well, then you spur them on. That is not what it says at all. Regardless of the circumstance, we are called to encourage one another, to build each other up, and stir each other on in love. Uh, encourage, were you going to say no, something? Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> um, encouraging others is important, and it's beneficial to both the encouraged giver and the encouraged receiver. Uh, when we encourage people, we are practicing seeing beyond ourselves and seeing somebody else. Not only that, it motivates us as the encourage giver uh, because of the positivity that we share with other people. When we encourage people, we feel good about ourselves too. Again, God is so good to be like, hey, called you to encourage people, you're going to also feel really good about yourself. 
Uh, when we offer words of encouragement or affirmation to somebody else, it affects their brain. Um, it triggers uh, dopamine, which again, that's that happy chemical that we talked about, but it actually stimulates the frontal lobe, which I did not know anything about the frontal lobe, but apparently that's the part of the brain that we use for good decision making. So again, when we are encouraging people, it's almost like we're changing the world and making it a little bit better one person at a time when we are stimulating those happy chemicals and that good decision making for somebody else. So the, the first way, again, that we can use our words, that we biblically are called to use our words is by praise and thanksgiving. The second way is by building others up. And the third way, Stephen, Yes, so the last thing we're going to talk about today, the third way that God has called us to speak um, is this, that we should be slow to speak and quick to listen. I think sometimes we get that backwards, don't we? We're quick to speak and slow to listen. Uh, when, I when we were in high school, our senior year, we had some really hard stuff happen um, in our life, and I found myself um, getting really angry, being angry. And I was, you know, maybe not everyone could see it on the outside, but on the inside, I could feel myself a lot of anger boiling up in me. And so I knew I needed to find a verse that I could hold on to, and this just happened to be the verse that I picked. It's James 1, 19. And says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I think everyone on Facebook needs to read this verse. Amen. <laughs> what is going on on Facebook, Christians? What are we doing? Some of the things that people are posting is out of control. And it's followers of Christ who are doing it. Step away from the keyboard, right? <laughs> like, stop typing. We have to remember that our words bring life or death, even if it's typed out. And it's so much easier to do it behind a keyboard, isn't it? So we have to be extra careful when it comes to like social media. We as Christians need to practice being slow to speak. We should spend more time listening and less time talking. Like when you listen to people, you know what you get to hear? is their passions and their dreams and their visions for their life. You get to know their heart. You get a glimpse of their soul. When you listen to people, you will see them as people. You will see them as children of God. If you are always talking, you will not see people as God sees people. If you are always having to have the last word, you will not see people as God sees people. So God made this one pretty simple. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Listen more. It's that easy. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? I heard that one as a kid a lot too. When we speak quickly, we speak out of anger and we speak out of impulse, right? We just say whatever comes to mind. We're not going to say what God wants us to say. As followers of Christ, we want to speak out of wisdom and out of self-control. You want to have control over your tongue and the things that you say. And when we do this, our words bring life. This is something that we try to do in our home, is try to speak words of life. I tend to be someone who's a little more negative, okay? Sometimes I like to be a complainer and uh, pout a little bit about things. But guess what? He's the dramatic one, I'm the, I am the dramatic one. Oh. <laughs> right? We set the tone for our home. 
And so if I'm always being negative all the time, guess what our home is going to be? A negative home. I'm going to be a negative person. We're going to be a negative family. I will be filling, I would be filling my home with words of death. And so she has to remind me, hey, you set the tone for this family. So we work on speaking words of joy and positivity, speaking life over our children. Because guess what? Someday they're going to grow up and have families, and I do not want my son being negative and speaking death over my grandbabies. That starts with us. So we set the tone for our home. So how should we use our tongues? How has God called us to speak? He's called us to speak praise, thanksgiving, encourage others to be slow to speak. Think about the things that we say. Be wise. Now, again, we will not be perfect at this. We will never be perfect at this. But we can all move forward in this. We can all move forward in righteousness, in holiness. And we have to remember to be humble. We have to remember when we mess up, when we fall short in this, to be quick to apologize, to be quick to admit when we are wrong. Yeah, so we're going to... Whoops, did it die? Is it on? Okay, here we go. Um, So we're going to end today by just giving you a little challenge. Um, Again, this is something that I just have felt convicted about in my own life, Um, just checking in at the end of the day. So that's your challenge. I want you, when you go through the end of the day, when you lay down in bed, ask yourself, were my words more positive or negative today? At the end of the week, ask yourself, this week, how did I do? Were my words more positive or negative? Did my words bring more life or death to the people receiving them? Were my words beautiful gifts to those who received them? Um, Again, this is, like Stephen said, this is not something that we're going to get right all the time. But again, we as Christians, we need to uh, just rise up in this and realize how we speak to the world that we encounter matters and it holds weight. And so um, I'm gonna pray and then I'm sure you all have tons of Fourth of July activities to get off to today. So Jesus, I just thank you so much um, just for your Holy Spirit to convict us uh, when we say things that we shouldn't. And, And God, I just ask for your forgiveness for when we say things and when we interact with people in a way that is not pleasing to you. Um, Help us to be humble, to ask for forgiveness for people. Help us to model what that looks like in a very broken world. I pray that you would help us to speak with praise and thanksgiving and encourage one another and be slow to speak. I thank you um, that it's 4th of July. I thank you for fun and summer, and I thank you that we live in a country where we can freely meet and worship you and grow in our ability to um, change the world around us. And so I thank you for that, Jesus. Um, I pray for a good 4th of July, for safe uh, plans and travels for everybody. In Jesus' name, amen.